people with, with, that we love. And those relationships are so marred and broken and twisted right now because the people are just not doing what we know they ought to be doing. But the fact is our love is still there. And man, if, we, if they would just turn about and do what they were supposed to, we could just loving arms just open up and embrace because they finally got it. Because it's based upon love, not behavior. I want us to realize how important the altar is to us every single day. I can get up and know God wants to love me and use me today because the blood of Jesus Christ offers grace to me. That my relationship with him for the first time, right? It is Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But now that I have Jesus Christ as my Savior, now that the blood has been applied to my account, now I can please him. Will I? That's my own job. But for the first time, I can please him. Not because I pleased him and now he's pleased. He's pleased, so now I can please him. Does that make sense? Am I talking backwards? Maybe, but... Okay. If a daily proper relationship is based upon what we do, that's not based upon grace. We have his love because he's our God and he wants the best for us. Because of that, we do things that we want to do for him. Okay. Again, my loving relationship with my wife is not based upon her doing loving things for me. I love her and because she loves me and because of that we do good things for each other because of the love the love is what's important that's what we need to understand about this we have an altar every day now one other point and we'll have to put this one on hold because I can't cover it all this week and that is all life on this planet is God's every bit of it Okay. All life is God's. Now that can come up to really some active political arguments right now. All life belongs to God. Notice again what it said. Oops, I'm in Hebrews. i got to go back to Leviticus. I want to read this again and keep in mind what that point we just said out loud. All life belongs to God. Verse 3. What man soever there be of the house of Israel that killeth an ox or a lamb or a goat in the camp or killeth it out of the camp and bringeth not to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation to offer an offering unto the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord, the blood shall be imputed to that man, he shed. Uh, he hath shed blood. All right. Look down to verse thirteen. We didn't read it in our original look at this, but look at it. Whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel, or of a stranger that sojourn among you, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that may be eaten. He even shall pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust. Every life 
on this earth is God's. Now, once you understand, God is not just talking about offerings of sacrifices. He's talking if you're going to hunt for your family for food and you shed blood, every time blood is shed, you ought to be considering the fact that God is the author of all life. Now, I want you to just so we're not, there are people out there who will try to grasp a hold of this and say, well, see, this tells you you should never shed any blood. Okay? God clearly is talking about if someone goes out hunting, and that's okay. He doesn't claim, don't you go hunting. He said, you can go hunting. Yes? Okay? Any PETA people outside listening? Okay? God says you can hunt. That is okay. But when you do hunt and blood is shed, you understand that every life that is on this earth belongs to God. And when that blood is shed, there ought to be a consideration of what that blood represents. We'll talk a little bit about that next week. But what is the verse? Uh, verse 11, and we'll touch base on this again next week. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Understand, that is a theme of this chapter, and it is an amazing theme in God's whole word. Life of the flesh is in the blood. So when blood is shed and life is taken, God needs to be recognized because he has done an amazing thing right from the very beginning of time. And we'll break this down again. I don't have time this morning to break it all down. But we'll look more about this next week. That when blood is shed, there is something special that has happened. Because our entire existence in the spiritual world is based upon the shedding of blood. When blood is shed, there is no time that that happens that it should be taken lightly. So even if you're going out hunting, okay, going, uh, we talk about it, uh, grocery shopping out in the woods. <laughs> that that time is precious to God because of blood being shed. So that we read in the first time, if you kill it at your own home, you bring that blood to the altar and you present it. If you're out hunting and you're far away from the altar, there was a special thing. You shed that blood, you put it on, to let it drain out of the ground and you cover it with dust. It was a special ritual because blood is important. It is the ultimate importance. We'll look at that a little bit more next week. But uh, I wanted something. You ever run into someone who when they're worshiping God or trying to serve God or anything and they say, well, you know, I, I don't go to church because my church, I go up to the mountaintop and I worship God up there. Here I go out to the lake and I get in my canoe and I go, you know, spend some time worshiping God uh, out in nature where it's, it's most beautiful out there. You can get closest to God when you're in nature. You ever have anybody say that? You ever want to use that excuse? <laughs> Dan and I didn't show up to uh, church Sunday morning because we were worshiping God. Okay, I had a pastor friend who kept threatening that uh, he was going to name his boat Visitation. So if anybody called in and say, oh, where's the pastor? Oh, he's out on visitation. <laughs> okay. Understand something. Yes, 
Can you worship God anywhere? Absolutely. Can you worship God masked up walking down the grocery store aisle? Yes, you can. Can you worship God stuck in traffic listening to the radio? Yes, you can. Can you worship him on the top of a mountain? Can you worship him at your kitchen table? Anywhere. But it needs to be understood that the central focus of worshiping God is brought right back to what you do with the blood. Now, I want this to be understood. God has a very specific system. He says, if you kill an animal out in the field, now what? here's what would happen. Okay, just to give a little history. A lot of uh, the children of Israel would decide to offer an offering at their own property. And some would offer it unto the Lord. And we already saw in this verse, uh, this chapter here, that some would offer it to uh, demons or idols or, or false gods. God is trying to take care of all this by putting a system in place. And he says, yeah, you can have an active relationship with God in a lot of places, but you need to center it back around the tabernacle of the congregation. You want to kill that animal in your field? That's fine. Bring the blood back to the altar at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. If not, you're going to be cut off from your people. What God was trying to do is he didn't want 20,000 different systems of how sacrifices were offered. He says, I'm going to make a system. I want you to realize that I'm centralizing this activity. If you kill an animal as a sacrifice, bring the blood to the tabernacle. That's where the blood needs to be brought. Not in your backyard, not anywhere else. Number one, it keeps you from offering improper sacrifices. Number two, it reminds everyone that there is only one way. There's one door, one altar, one way. And God says, don't you go do it on your So yeah, can you worship God on a mountaintop? Absolutely. But God says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That, when, that there is a place and a system in place. If you want to grow in the Lord, if you want to be plugged in, if you want to be thriving in Christ, you need to get with God's people. Because if you don't, it says you're cut off from among the people. And that's why this is very important. There are churches, especially in this uh, New England area, because we've been so long a quote-unquote Christian area, that we've gotten, gotten to this idea of, well, uh, you know, Sunday is fun day. Oh, yeah, I know God, but, you know, I, God wants me to enjoy myself. So I go out and, you know, I'll say a prayer while I'm out on the, on the lake or, you know, uh, listen, God is very clear that if you are going to offer a sacrifice to God, you might have started it on your own property out in the field, but you bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation. There is a place where it was proper to have it done. With me? Let's read the rest of this again. He said, so, verse 5, to the end that the children of Israel may bring their sacrifices, which they offered in the open field, even that they may bring them unto the Lord to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, unto the priests, and offer them for peace offerings to the Lord. And the priest shall sprinkle the blood on the altar of the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and burn fat for a sweet savor before the Lord. And they shall no more offer sacrifices unto devils, after whom they have gone on a, whor gone a whoring. 
This shall be a statue forever unto them throughout the gener their generations. And thou shalt say unto them, Whosoever man there be of the house of Israel, or strangers that would sojourn among you, that offereth burnt offerings or sacrifices, and bringeth it not to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation to offer it unto the Lord, even that man shall be cut off from among his people. God is very careful in this picture to show he has a system, he has a place, and it's focused around his congregation in the tabernacle. True spiritual growth in our uh, moving forward in the Lord is centered around the church. And we need to remember that. Now, please, I want you to, uh, not a church, not this church. Yes, those are parts, but his body. We have an altar. It's Jesus. And who is the body of Christ right now? We are, the church. So understanding, when people want to say, I want to worship God, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm having a relationship with God. If you're doing it outside of the body of Christ, you are not fulfilling God's standard. You are not involved in the system, what he's putting in place. And he's picturing this very clearly here. Offer it in the field, that's great, but you bring it to the place where God has established that these things are supposed to take place. And that right now for us, we have an altar, and that is Christ, and it is through his church. So I'm done for today. We got more next week. We're going to talk about blood. Not eating blood. Or, yes, eating blood. Or spilling blood. More things about blood. I want us to understand, guys, again, a couple of theme points. Number one, there is only one door. And the only way to gain access to that door is through the blood on the altar. That blood of Jesus Christ shed upon the cross is our only entrance into a relationship with God. No man cometh to the Father. I am the door. There is one name given amongst men whereby you must be saved. Number two, we have an active altar, and it's based upon God's grace, not how much effort we make. We didn't make any effort that got us salvation. We can't make super efforts that bring us closer to God. God already loves us 100%. He's given us his Holy Spirit. The efforts are we make, are we make, blah, blah, blah. The efforts we make toward God are because we have a loving relationship with him, not to make a loving relationship with him. And lastly, I hope you worship God more than just on a Sunday morning here. You can worship him wherever you are, but he's put a system together to help us to serve him, and that is through his church. And folks, I know, just looking at our pews and some of the other churches in our area, I'm looking at their pews, that there are a lot of people who are believers but have convinced themselves that they can be in a proper relationship with God and serving him outside of his body. And we can't. Yes, you can still worship him. Yes, you can be a believer. But you're not going to grow and be prosperous unless you do it inside the system that God has put together. When you and I bump into those folks, remind them that the only place they're going to thrive in the Lord is with God's people in the system he's put together. There are folks that used to come here who don't anymore. 
who've decided that they can just do their thing for God outside of God's system. My Bible says you can be cut off from among the people. Now, that doesn't mean losing your salvation, but that loses the benefit of all the, all the protection. Interesting verse. This is not in my notes. This is just God popped this in my mind. You know, there's only one verse in the Bible, only one, that says the gates of hell will not prevail against something. You ever hear that before? It says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He says, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter admits that he's the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, upon that truth, upon that rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Never once in the Bible does it say that the gates of hell will not prevail against a believer. It only says the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. It's important that we understand God has a system. And if we're going to thrive for God, we need to be in his system. So go out there, share with the folks you know. There's one way in. And once you're in, get in God's church with God's people. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Man, I love a picture book. You knew the kind of brain you created in our heads that we love to see illustrations and pictures, and that's how we respond. And Father, here, not only again are you picturing Christ in his blood sacrifice for us, that he is the one way to enter that reconciliation, to have a relationship with you. But Father, not only is the, he the entrance, but Lord, by grace, are we, we continue that daily relationship. Lord, it says that the same way we were saved, not by works, we should walk in him. Father, I thank you so much that my relationship with you is not based upon how, how good of a Christian I think I am, or act, or talk. Father, it's based upon the fact that your grace has been offered because you love. And Lord, I pray for encouragement for us as believers that we do act like a Christ-like one. Because we love you, because we have a relationship through grace, we honor that by serving and loving and following you. And then, Father, I just pray, Lord, there are so many people in this world and so many around us that claim to be believers, that claim to honor God and want to serve him. But, Lord, don't understand that you put a place Back in the Old Testament, Lord, it was the tabernacle, then the, uh, then the uh, temple. And Father, now it is your church, not a building, but a body of Christ in which people need to be drawn so that they can grow into their full potential in service. Father, thank you so much for your word and what it teaches us. Lord, next week we look at more about the importance of the blood. Thank you so much for shedding your blood for us. In Jesus' name.